Praise the Lord. Good to be in the Lord's house. I mean that. We thank God for the opportunity to be down here. It's a double blessing for me to get to come, and my wife and I to come to South Carolina. We get to stay with our son and our daughter. And uh, so that's a blessing. That, uh, And then we get to preach and be in service with you all. And, and uh, that's not the priority. It would be, uh, preaching would be the priority. It has to be. That way, Billy, and the others, the others are the blessings that they sing about tonight, and it's good to be here among friends, and, and uh, Brother Mike and I get to work together uh, across uh, a few states, and, and uh, he's one of my dearest friends, and I appreciate being able to work with him, and I'm telling you, as far as the singing groups, they're my favorite. I listened to them, I was listening to them, we pulled a parking lot tonight, and, and you know why? Because I've lived with them. Yeah, I have. They stayed at my house. I've stayed at theirs. You know what you see? What you see is what you get. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. And I praise God for that. Thank you for letting us come. If you would, I'm just going to get right in the message. I'm so nervous tonight. I've nearly broke these glasses. I've got to get to the dollar store tomorrow and find me another pair. But this one side's very loose. So if I get to looking like Colonel Clink tonight, I'll be, well, I have one hanging in my eye. And you people as old as I am laughing about that because you know what I'm talking about. And kids are going, what's that? Who's that? Uh, turn with me to John chapter number 12. going to try to preach tonight on a little thought the Lord's given me. Pray this be a blessing to you. And uh, I'll open this little bottle first, Todd. And if I get into overtime, I'll open the big bottle, okay? But I've got them both over here. And it is uh, 15 minutes till 7 in Crossville, Tennessee, and that's what I'm acclimated to, so y'all in trouble. I don't know what Eastern time is, is different. It's foreign to me. Uh, I'm on that slow time. And we, you know, we're from Tennessee. We're slow up there. We, we're just kind of slow. Everything's slow. Slow motion. Maybe got to speed it up here a little bit. John chapter 12, verse number 1. <clears throat> Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, But because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Father. We love you tonight, Lord. I loved you. When I got here, I still love you. I'll love you tomorrow, Lord. I'll love you forever for who you are. (laughs) Oh, God, what you've done for us, what you're doing, what you're going to do, Lord. So I pray, God, tonight that you would anoint me afresh and anew. We need need new manna today, Lord. All these people have heard this preached on. They've heard it hundreds of times. God, the men of God here tonight have preached this passage over and over. So, God, make it new and fresh tonight. Fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Touch me with that anointing that only you can give. Oh, God, breathe on us that we might break the bread and feed your people. And We'll leave here tonight. God, maybe somebody will be saved and saints will be revived. And, God, we'll really have jubilee in our soul. Bless tonight for thy sake and thy sake alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now, you've heard this preached on countless times. You preachers have preached this. I've preached it myself. 
I've preached uh, about the alabaster box, and there's some great messages on the alabaster box. And, and Tim Laramore preached one some years back at, at Chris Rumfelt's church on uh, Break the Box. And I'm telling you, it's a very profound, great message. We've all, maybe all heard that. And we've, we've heard it preached about the box, and we've heard it preached about where Jesus was, and who was there, and what's taking place, but... The thing that I want to preach on tonight, if I could, I want to preach on the thought at Jesus' feet. I want to preach on the thought at Jesus' feet. Something interesting I found in the Word of God as I surveyed these scriptures. And as you go from Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, you go through the Gospels, you'll find two things. You'll find this story in three of the Gospels. Now, some think that this is the same event that occurred in Luke chapter 7. It is not the same event. It wasn't the same time. There are some similarities. There was an alabaster box that was broken. And there was a woman that was wiping the feet of Jesus. And there was at a man named Simon's house. But it is a different Simon. Simon's a common name back then. Different fellows. But in Matthew and Mark and John, you have the same event right here. Now, in Matthew, we find this... We find every time you find this woman, Mary, in the Bible, you find her at Jesus' feet. Everywhere you look, you find her, even at the tomb of Lazarus. When Jesus come up, Mary, the Bible said she fell at Jesus' feet. Everywhere you see her, you see her at Jesus' feet. I would to God that the church would get the attitude that I need to be more at His feet than anywhere else I could be. I don't need to be on a plateau. I don't need to be high and lifted up. I don't need my name on the marquee. I need to find myself at Jesus' feet every day, every moment, all the time. That's where I need to be is at Jesus' feet. I have no business anywhere else. Say, Ken, how can you stay at his feet all the time and do the other things you need to do? I'll share that with you at the end of the message. Three things you're going to find about Mary here. You're going to find at her feet, it's where she got her blessing. Do you know that's where her blessing's at? It's at the feet of the blesser. Every good gift is from above. Every good gift. Everything, Joe Floyd, that I enjoy. Everything God blessed me with. Everything I possess or ever hope to possess. It all come from the hand of the master. At his feet where you get your blessing. She got her blessing at his feet. But at his feet where she left her burden. Oh, we're going to carry this thing ourselves. I don't need him. I'm a big old tough guy. I'll carry it myself. I'm a strong woman. huh? I'm a strong-willed child. I'll carry this thing myself. Oh, no, you can't carry that thing. He said, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You can't. Listen, one of these days you're going to face something that you can't carry by yourself. And if you bring it to his feet, you can get it taken care of. But you got to get it at his feet. Amen. <laughs> That's where she got her blessing. That's where she left her burden. Listen to this. But that's where she gave her best. People think when they see you out and things are going just right. And everything's on the upscale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh no, when you're going to give him your best, uh, you're going to be at his feet. <laughs> you know what he wants? You know the only thing I can give him? Because everything else belongs to me. The only thing I can give him is my best. And it's at his feet. <laughs> I don't have anything to give him on my own. All the world is his. And the fullness thereof. I don't have anything. Whoa! I don't have anything to give him. So I think I'll just get down at his feet. You know where he wants us to be? He 
going to put us anywhere in this world. He wanted, you know where he's looking for us to be? At his feet. How do you know that, preacher? I'm going to show you. You know what you have here? A picture of in these scriptures? J.B. and Barbara Spencer. We stayed with them a few nights ago. Man, that woman can cook. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> what we have, they sing that song, The Model Church. They sing it every time they sing. They're going to sing that song. But it, I've heard it. I've heard it. I don't know how many hundred times I've heard. And the other night when JB sang, they got to crying. And I'm telling you, I got so blessed that I about lost it. He got saying about that model church. You know what you have right here in these scriptures, Brother Mitch? You have the model church right here. You have everything you need in the church. Everything God's looking for, you have it in these scriptures right here. First, you have Jesus. You can't have, can't have church without Him. Now, you might have a gathering. You might have a social event. Hey, I've seen some... I won't tell what denomination... But I saw some guy on the Knoxville News the other morning. He said, bring your pets on down to the church. We're going to have pet blessing day. Pet blessing day? What is that? I have not found that in the King James Bible yet. Now, I've seen him use a donkey, and I've seen him use a rooster, but i never seen him line them up and say, this is plant blessing day. I don't know where that come from. Can't have church without Jesus. You see, in the model church, you first you see Jesus in the church. And I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You can't have church without. And then you see this. You know what you see? You see a congregation, because they're at Simon the leper's house, that is true, he's there. There's at least 17 people here, according to the other scriptures, if you add them all up. I believe there to be more than that, there's a congregation gathered. Yeah. Now, sometimes it might get down to two or three. That's right. Amen. I preached a funeral Saturday at my church. Uh, they asked me to have a funeral for this lady in the past. I preached that funeral, there's about... 12 or 15 people sitting there. I got all tore up, got to preaching. You know what? When you're preaching to 12 or 15, they know who you're talking to. (laughs) It ain't like 100 or 150 or 500. They said, how many? I'd rather preach to 1,000 because that bunch over there looking over there, he's talking to them. Hey, he ain't talking to me. Yeah, just pour it on. But when you're preaching to 12, they're looking you right in the eyeball. Are you talking to me? That's exactly who I'm talking to. Got to have a congregation. See Christ, you see a congregation. And then you see Christians. You know what you see in this, in this particular passage? First you see one who's a servant. Now you see somebody working. Martha's a worker. Don't condemn Martha because she's cumbered about much serving. At least she's doing something. Just kill the meeting right there. We're doing real good till I got to that part. At least she's doing something. Now she's griping about doing it, but she's doing it. In Luke chapter 10, at least she's getting it done. Hey, you know what I've learned over pastoring a few years? I've said, hey, just gripe on. Just keep on working. Hallelujah. I need to get it done whether you gripe about it or not. Let's just get it done. See somebody working. She's a servant. We're not only that, see that. We see Lazarus. You know what Lazarus is right here? He's a picture. He's a witness. He's a witness. How do you get that? Because he once was dead and now he's alive. They just coming to look at this boy. It used to be dead. 
saying, somebody ought to shout right there. Hey, they just want to see this guy that once was dead. He ain't doing nothing but sitting there, but he's sent by Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what you are? You're a witness. If you once were dead and now he has quickened you, you who were once dead in trespass and sin, hath he quickened you? He's made you alive. Hey, and when they can see the difference, they come see just what's going on. Why are not you like you used to be? That's right, Pastor. Amen, Pastor. You acting kind of funny. We see a worker, we see a witness, and then we see one worshiping. And you know why I say that he wants you at his feet? Because over in Matthew, when they began to talk about her, he said, she's chosen the good part. Or that was Luke, in Luke 10, when when Martha's fussing about his servant, said, oh, oh, Martha, you're cumbered about much service, but Mary's one thing's needful. Huh, what? How many? How many things are needed? And she's chosen the good part. What's the good part? That's that stuff that'll make you run around the building. You don't have to run around the building. I would to God that some of you'd have to. You'd just sit there as long as you could. You can't take it no more. The Holy Ghost of Heaven get on you, and all of a sudden the hounds say sick them, and you have to get up and do something you ain't never done before. And when you do it, you look around and say, did somebody see me do that? I'm preaching a revival down in Manchester, Tennessee. It's about an hour and 45 minutes from my house. This woman comes in on the first night, and I'm all excited. I was younger back then. I could jump higher and run faster. I got in a chair a time or two, like my friend that'll go unnamed, uh, Mike Blanton does sometimes. And, and, and this tore this one lady up. She's sitting in the very back. And I can tell, you can tell when you're preaching. She gave me one of these When you get the big eyes, you done done something, something stirred them up. You either made them real happy or they don't like what you're doing. And I said that in the close of the service, we have a thing at home, we call it exercise. When I say that, everybody in the building throw their hands over their head and shout, praise the Lord, three times. I said, we don't close in prayer here tonight in, in revival. Just raise your hands over your head and shout, praise the Lord, three times. And that woman looked at me like this. Everybody around her throw their hands up over the head, shout, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> Chris Todd, you ever get one of these handshakes? Going out the back door, she walked by me, she not even looked me stick in. She not even looked me in the face, she go. <laughs> right on out the door. I told this guy, I said, I don't know what I've done to this woman. She's madder than a hornet. Preacher said, she's a visitor, she'll be all right. Next night I come back, guess who's on the back row again? I'm talking about the good part. She's looking at me the same way. I'm preaching. I get excited. I'm not paying her no mind until God, the Holy Ghost, puts a spotlight on some of you. Sometimes you wonder why the preacher's staring at you because God just lit you up. You're the only one in the building. Everybody else disappears. First time I ever saw that, I was leading the singing. Scared me to death. I thought, my Lord, I'm going blind. I couldn't see anybody. but just one fella. That's who God's talking to. Yeah. Amen. Amen. She's back there again. Same, same scenario. I do the same thing, not just to irritate her. It's just what I'm doing. Praise the Lord three times and she's staring at me. She don't give me the evil eye this time. She's just kind of looking at me dazed and confused. <laughs> Somebody working on her. Mike McCoy ain't got a thing to do with it. About that third night, I'm pulling that same thing. We've had five or six saved. I mean, God's in it. It's a getting good. And I look back there, and this woman, when I faced, we're going to exercise, she went. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now she ain't shouting praise the Lord, but she got her hands up and it's about this high. She's looking around like something's going to happen. Somebody going to point her out. Look at her. She's the only one in the building not doing it. She ought to say, hey. <laughs> Next night I come in. Danny, I'm telling you straight up, brother. Next night I come in, we do the same thing. This is on Thursday night. I seen her do this. Brother Mike, she goes. Now she's not shouting yet, but she ain't down here. I, this is all biblical. Lifting holy hands in the sanctuary. She got her hands up over her head. She even got a little bit of a smile on her face. Somebody's working on her. <laughs> Friday night, Billy Poe. Here we go. Friday night. I'm about to so we're gonna go. I said, the exercise. I seen a woman, she done moved up three seats now. She's not on the back row. She's moved up three seats. I said, let's exercise. Them hands are over her head. Dustin, she's a crying. She goes, Whoa! I said, Hallelujah! Hey, that's the good part! Something happened to her. You know what you see right here? You see three things. You see the model church. You see Christ. You see a congregation. You see the Christians. And then the Christians are made up of workers, witnesses, and those worshiping. Well... That's a little longer introduction than I intended, but here we go. Your program better be on record. Four things about Mary that I see right here that I hope I, God says, you know what, I'm not going to point it at you tonight. I'm going to say I hope God sees this in Mike McCoy. I hope he sees this little hillbilly preacher. I hope it's what God sees in me. Maybe it'll apply to you. You know what I say about Mary? When she's at Jesus' feet, number one, she's close. And I'm not close to you yet, Brother Todd. I'm getting closer. I'm closer than I was a minute ago. But when I get right here. Yeah. When I get right here. When I get right here. I'm close when I'm right here. Hallelujah! You know where he wants me? Right here. <laughs> you know what? When you're close, you know what you are? You're humbled. When you're close, you're humbled. God's still resisting the proud. That's what's wrong in America today. We're prideful. Nobody touch us. Nobody can touch us. We've got it going. Hey, listen, we know what to do. Nobody can touch us. We've got the strongest army. We got all the things going on. Nobody can touch us. Oh, my friend, God lift his hand. Anybody could touch us. God resisteth the proud. He giveth grace to the humble. If we ever needed anything in America, it's humility today. On our face before God at the feet of Jesus saying, We can't do nothing without you. In Him, I live, I move, and I have my being. I can't do a thing apart from it. At His feet, we're humbled. At His feet, we can hear His Word. You know, the only one that heard that in this building? Brother Todd. Why is that important? Because the old prophet Elijah's hid himself in a cave one day. He's having a bad time. as a woman after him. He's hidden in the cave. And you know what? There's a wind that comes by and it's so strong it tears the mountain apart and rends the rocks. And then there's an earthquake that comes and there's a fire that sets the place on fire that burns the place up. And you know what? He wasn't in none of those things. You know what he's in? That still small generous. You know, if he's speaking in a still small voice, wasn't nothing wrong with what Lazarus was doing, being the witness, sitting there at the table. Maybe the table was long. They reclined, you know. Wasn't table and chairs like we're used to. He may be down at the other end, leaned up on his elbow. He's at the table. It's out in the middle. 
to Mary's at his feet. Wasn't nothing wrong with him being the witness. He sat up there at the table. Everybody ain't seen Wasn't nothing wrong with Martha serving, but the one that's going to hear the still small voice is the one that's closest to him. And the one closest to him, people ask me, why'd you do that? I say, you know what? I don't even know myself. I just got to praying about it, and I heard a still small voice speak to my soul and say, this is the way you need to go. Why'd you do that, preacher? I don't know why I done it. I just heard somebody say, hey, turn this way. I'll still trust you, Lord. That all occurs when you're close. She was not only close, but she was committed. Brother Mike Blanton used the verse. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You know what being at Jesus' feet proves? That you're committed. You don't have to beg them to come. They just show up. You know why? Because they don't be at his feet. Oh, it's all right to be at the table. I've sat at his table and I've eaten his fare. He's fed me. Oh, God, how he's blessed me. My son, my daughter, my home, my friends. Oh, how he's blessed me. And I've eaten his fare. Oh, but I'd rather be at his feet than eating his fare. It's good at his feet. Those that are committed are at his feet. You don't have to beg them to come. They'll just show up. It'll be inconvenient. They don't care. The weather will be bad, but they don't care. They're just going to come. They've heard that same message 50 times and those same songs, but they don't care. They just want to be at his feet. You know why? Because they're committed. I'm going to show you something right here. You preachers already know this, but I'm slow. I just learned it the other day. Upon when you upon somebody that knows something and, and, and you don't know it, you know what they'll say? The hill folk will say, I'm going to learn you something. I know that's poor English, but that's because we're hillbillies. And we understand it, so we really don't care. <laughs> I learned something the other day. You ever be preaching, brothers, and God give you something straight from heaven? How do you know she's committed here? Well, first we find her at his feet. She's close. And, and she's committed, and she proves her commitment by this. You, you see what you see what Mary does when she comes to Jesus. Now Matthew and Mark and and John, you have to read all the accounts to get the full story. It's like it's like what was on the sign above Jesus' head at the crucifixion. You have to read all the gospel accounts to get the full record of what was there. But if you read the gospel accounts, she not only she anointed his head, she broke the box. So it's probably a vial, probably alabaster with a long neck. It's what I studied and understood. They break the neck off the box. So instead of crushing the box, you couldn't pour it out. It'd be contaminated if you done it. They had a long neck on these alabaster boxes. And they would, they would take that and they would knock the top off of it. And then they still got the bowl and they'd pour that thing out. And they'd pour that on, Brother Mitch, up on his head and on his feet. But the thing that, that got my attention is, is what she'd done at his feet. She proved her commitment at his feet. And how she'd done that was, is this. She wiped it with her hair. You know why she wiped it with her hair? You know what a woman's hair is? You know what she done with her glory? She wiped his feet with her glory. When she began to... What? If I don't have anything to glory in... <laughs> Hallelujah. If I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in the cross. Hey, my hair's not very long, but he said a woman's hair's her glory. She took her glory and wiped his feet with it. 
I went and seen one of these groups. That's everybody in this building knows their name. And this guy at my church would not hush till I'd go see him. I just tell you, I don't go to gospel concerts. I go to church. They don't come to church. But do you know why I love these guys? Because they go to church. I'm not condemning them for doing it. If that's, a, that's okay, that's their thing. But it's not my thing. I don't go there. And I, I went to a, it was a church. I went to the church. I'm not paying a ticket to get in either. So what I'll do, I'll give you twice as much if you don't ask me for anything. And if you do ask me for something, you ain't getting nothing. My Bible calls it a free will offering. You can call it whatever you want to. I ain't found price tag in there yet. Oh, I am somebody is smoking right now. You know what you find on my friend's table out there? A donation box. You know what I've seen people do in my own church? I've seen them come by and just take a, take stuff and leave. They didn't, I don't know if they didn't have it to put in. He said it was free and they took him at his word. But I've seen people that didn't have it walk by and fold it up and put it in the box. Ha, ha, ha. I went and heard this group, and they're as good of singers as they've ever been born in this world. They can sing. They're, they're perfect. Their pitch is perfect. Their hair's perfect. Their musicians are perfect. They don't miss a note. They're, they're, everything they've done, that light was perfect, and it's dead as a mackerel. If I could have had a refund on my free will offering, I might even have took it back. I don't know. But all I heard about was the number ones and the singing news and all this stuff. I don't care one iota about that. Give me somebody that can't carry a tune in the bucket that'll get in his feet. And give every bit of the glory they got to him. Hey, whether anybody ever knows their name or not, he knows their name. That's my crowd. You can hang with whoever you want to, but that's the bunch I love. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's close. She's committed, and here's what's going to happen to you. Every time you get in that place since you're there, you're going to be criticized. I've been criticized for everything I've done. Nobody understands me. Some don't like, boy, I may preach tomorrow. One night this week. If I preach anymore, I don't know. This may be the only night I preach. My brother can preach the rest of the week. I don't care. I'd rather scotch. (laughs) But everybody in this building that's a Christian has been criticized. If you're living godly in this world, you're going to suffer persecution. That's what the Bible said. And they're going to persecute you. They're going to persecute you for going. They're going to persecute you for staying. They're going to persecute you for the way you worship or the way you don't worship. They're going to persecute you for being a free will Baptist or a, or a whatever. you Pentecostal. It don't matter. It don't matter what you are. Hey, as long as you're saved, you better be saved or you ain't going. Do you know what's this? This will wipe some out. You know there's no denominations in heaven. Oh, grab your heart and fall out on the floor. Glory to God, no denominations in heaven. How about that? One body, one church. Criticized. You know what they said? Why didn't you? What's she doing down there at his feet? What's she doing at his feet? Why'd she pour all that? That's a year's salary she poured on that man. 
Why'd you pour a year's salary on him? They called it a waste. Mary knew she is worth it. Go ahead and criticize me if you want to. You don't like the way I shout? Plug your ears. Somebody told me, said, would you be still when you preach? I said, if I could, I would. I just can't do it. Hey! I said, I don't care what I look like. Close your eyes. You don't need to see me. Just listen to what I got to say. I don't like you getting in the furniture. I jumped a pew the other night. My wife was praying. She thought I'd hang my heel and flip out. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was on me. I think I cleared it by six inches. One guy come out the door. He said, boy, that's a humdinger there. <laughs> I guess that's good. I don't know. I took it as a compliment. I didn't plan to do that. Fellow told me I had some voice. I still my voice isn't very good, but I had some real issues back about fifteen years ago. And this fellow said, "He said what you need to do is you need to quit preaching." I said, "You don't understand, Doc. I I don't have any choice in this matter. I, I tried not to do it for a long time. I I didn't want to do it. I didn't start young like most of you guys. I waited. I was middle aged before I ever started." And I didn't want to do it. And I wasn't going to do it. And I thought I was going to die if I didn't. I was afraid one of my family members might leave here. So he said, well, said, if you don't stop preaching, said, would you at least just change denominations where you don't have to yell and carry on like you do? <laughs> Mitch Ed, something swelled up at me. And I said, Doc. You don't understand. I don't plan to yell and carry on. They just something happens. And I've tried to be dignified. And I've tried to keep it down and be a little more sedate. But they something gets down in my soul. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in a chair shouting with everything I got. Criticized. You'll be criticized for whatever you do. You'll be criticized you sang too many songs you didn't sing enough. You'll be criticized you preached too long, you preached too short, you didn't preach about the right thing. You'll be criticized for coming on Sunday Super Bowl, and you'll be criticized for vacation Bible school. You'll be criticized for blowing your nose with red handkerchiefs. My son said when he was a little boy, he said this. He said, Daddy, he said, you blowing your nose and wiping your face with the same thing. It's kind of bad. <laughs> the next Sunday, a two-handkerchief situation was brought to life. I've been using it ever since. One woman looked at me one night and said, you wiped your eyes with that red handkerchief. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I must have forgot where I was. <laughs> Are you still with me? You've been criticized. You know what I find, Brother Mike? She's criticized and she's right where Jesus wants her to be. She's chose a good part. Do you see her getting up? No. <laughs> Let them talk. <laughs> she's going to stay right there. <laughs> you know what I say? Let them talk. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have anywhere else to go. I'm going to stay in his feet. One more thing, I'm done. We sure at his feet. She's close. She's committed. And she's criticized. But at his feet, she's commended. She's commended. For being at his feet. Amen, and it's not by the crowd. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, Lord. 
It's by Jesus. See, the rest of them so far away, they don't know what else he's saying to her. I won't get so close. Nobody else is hearing what he's saying to me but me. He says, leave her alone. Now we got Jesus talking. Uh, it's different than everybody else talking. Now Jesus, he said, let her alone. She's right where, hey, she's doing the best of anybody around me. And here's why she's doing it. Stay with me just a minute. Here's why she's doing it. Because I've been saying it. Now this is, this is, this is a little Mike McCoy 101 right here. The fellow said, don't ever preach that, but it's Bible. Listen, listen, listen. He's been telling them for some time, they're going to come, they're going to lay their hands on me, they're going to kill me, and they're going to bury me, and they're going to, I'm going to raise up. And there ain't nobody else hearing it but a woman named Mary. Now, they're all fascinated about Lazarus, who was dead and sitting at the table, but there ain't nobody listening about what's about to happen to Jesus but a woman named Mary. And she proves that she knows what's about to happen because she done took that anointing that was for her own burial and poured it on him and took her glory and wiped his feet with it. And then Jesus, he leaves. Takes his men with him. Judas has gone out immediately. It's very soon thereafter. Judas goes out and he, he meets with the priest and the scribes, the high priest, and he sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. And, and yeah, he's already carrying the bag. If he's carrying the bag, don't you get this? If he's carrying the bag... Where did the bag go when he left? You think he left it there with the rest of them? He took the bag with him. That's another message. And he leaves and he sells him out. And I'll not go through the entire process, but they come and get him. They carry him to Caiaphas' house and Pilate and Pilate to Herod and Harried back to Pilate, Pilate at the whipping post, from the whipping post to Calvary. At Calvary he dies, he bows that lovely head. And he said, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost. And they take him down off the cross, they don't break a bone. They take him down, they put him in a tomb. They roll a stone at the door at the tomb, they set it up, and, and, they, and they command that the stone, that the, the, the stone, the grave be made sure. Put, make it as sure as you can. And the third day comes, the stones roll back. The tomb, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. There's a bunch of Marys. There's two, maybe three Marys show up at the tomb that day. People's running to and fro, John and Peter. John outruns Peter and but Peter goes in when he gets there. That's a message. The angels are there and giving them the good news and tell them what to do. And all these things are occurring. And all these things are occurring. And you know what? You know who you never find at that tomb? Mary. She never goes to the tomb. Why didn't she go with the rest of them Marys? Because she knew he was getting up. The rest of them surprised You'll never convince me that Mary's not sitting at the house saying, wonder when he's going to show up. (laughs) Yeah, but I saw him die. Oh, yeah, but I anointed him to his burying. And he said he wasn't going to stay dead. And I believe he's going to get up just like he said he was. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She believed it before it ever happened. Was she commended? Let's see. He said this is going to be a memorial to her wherever this gospel is preached all over the world. 2,000 years later. Yep. I'm a talking about somebody. <laughs> By the name of Mary. Yes. You think he didn't mean what he said? 
Here we go. Commended for what she done. Now, here's a question. I asked it earlier in the message. How can this be, preacher, that of all the places that we are, we're in Ohio last weekend, or last week, South Carolina today, no tell where Brother Mike, Teresa, and Shane's going to be. Some of you other preachers, Wesley, there ain't no telling, Todd. Where are you going to wind up, Billy, in the next two or three weeks? And you know what? Everywhere he wants us to be at his feet, and it doesn't matter where I'm at, I can still be at his feet. You know why? Because the earth's his footstool. It don't matter where I go. I can see him now. Just go ahead on. <laughs> hey, I got my foot propped up on that thing. It don't matter where you go. You can still be at my feet. Where are you? Maybe you're the servant. Nothing wrong with being the servant. Need servers. Maybe you're that witness. You're not saying anything, but you once was dead. And now you've been born again. And people know it and they see it. And they recognize you as being once dead and now alive. Or maybe, 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 maybe you're that one at his feet. If you are, you chose the good part. The other parts are necessary. But the one thing's best. I've been in a lot of funerals the last few weeks. My wife's good friend, Helen Tollick, died. She's 54 years old. She was at her funeral, and I was preaching another funeral at church. Couldn't be at the same place both times. I preached a couple funerals before that. One fellow's funeral I preached. I don't know if he's a saved man or not. He didn't live much of a testimony. I don't know. I preached his funeral. I didn't preach him into heaven. Can't preach him out of heaven. Didn't preach him into heaven. It don't matter to funerals. Or you haven't got some people in our church that's had some medical diagnosis of late. That's, uh, that's, that's bad. It don't matter what happens. Or what comes. Bless his name. I'm at his feet. That's all that matters. You know where he wants you? He don't care what, where else you go, what else you do. He just wants you at his feet. That's a good part. That's a good part. Where are you at tonight? Where are you? So, preacher, well, I'm sitting at the table. That's good enough. You know where he'd rather have you? At his feet. It may just be a few short steps from where you're at to his feet. He said, I have to come up front and pray. No, you can pray in your seat if you want to. Just pray. Wherever you got to go, whatever you got to do to get at his feet, can I suggest? And that's what you do. Safest place in the world. Is at Jesus' feet. Let's stand as they sing tonight. You need to come and say, Lord, Lord, say so, God. <laughs> Let me just meet your feet. Let me just meet your feet, Lord. <laughs> oh, God. That's where he wants us to be. And I have blessed the day he did.
Doesn't throw the clay. 